Now's your chance to get caught up on all that's happening in technology around Akron and the rest of the world. It's This Week in Tech with Gene Destro, driven by your Northern Ohio Honda dealers. Life is better with a Honda. Visit your local Northern Ohio Honda dealer today or online at northernohiohondadealers.com. Now, here's Gene Destro. This week, what happens when a home security device gets hacked? A new tech nonprofit starting up in Ohio and a heads up for sportscasters, a computer might one day be doing your job. All this and more coming up. Do you have one of those ring cameras? Turns out there could be a hacker watching your every move. CBS correspondent Matt Piper has more. Families around the country say their ring cameras are getting hacked. Ashley LeMay of Mississippi installed one in her daughter's room while she works overnights as a nurse. She says a hacker used the speaker to harass her 8-year-old daughter, saying he was Santa Claus and telling her to destroy her room. Video from the camera shows the little girl yelling for her mommy while the man's voice was talking to her. In Nebraska, a father says a voice was talking to his daughter through their ring in their kitchen. In each occasion, Ring says it's not its security, but rather a hacker who likely gained access to the family's accounts through, quote, weak or stolen credentials. Matt Piper, CBS News. Well, that sounded pretty scary, so I asked CBS technology correspondent Larry Maggot for more information. This is a serious issue. Uh, there are other ways people might have been able to break into hack, but uh, break into the ring. But the report from the company is that it may have been uh, a password compromise. So, as far as the company is saying, then it's nothing that they did or a fault in their programming. It was all on the consumer. That's what they're saying now. Of course, that doesn't necessarily mean. That that there couldn't have been things the company could have done to assure up security. One of the things that they did say that they have is two-factor authentication, which is optional. And the way two-factor authentication works is that if you try to use a, a username or password, you'll have to respond probably with a text message. They'll usually send a text message to your phone, and then you have to basically type in a code with that message. And it provides a lot more security. It doesn't guarantee absolute security, but if these folks had not been using that, that would create another level of vulnerability. But it is important. Any of us have cameras around our house, and we do want to make sure that they're secure so somebody can both listen and, and view it as well as, uh, in this case, talking to them. Okay, so then you would advise that if people haven't enabled the two-factor security that they ought to. Yeah, I have a, a similar system in my house. It's not ring, but it would enable somebody with a smartphone, enables me with a smartphone, to tune in cameras in my house. That's very convenient if I'm away and I'm concerned about an intrusion or something like that, I can do that. But obviously it also means that my house is essentially surveilled by anybody who happens to have that password and username. And have you heard about this being an issue with any other of the various network-enabled cameras, or is it just Ring? Yeah, no, it's not just Ring. It's any device, really. I mean, they all have passwords and usernames, and we've heard about baby cams being hacked into. We've heard about Ring, about Nest and thermostats hacked too and people be able to speak through their speakers so it's an issue with any smart device that you might have in your home including if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home device. With that in mind I next talked to Kevin Bong who is the director of cybersecurity for the technology consulting firm Sikich LLP. Let's say an attacker gets into your network through a peripheral like a ring camera or any other brand of camera what can they do once they're in? 
Yeah, it kind of depends on the nature of the attack. So if you think about the ring camera attack, what the attackers really got into was the, the ring cloud account that that camera was associated with. And they did that through like password guessing. The users were just using weak passwords or passwords they had used other places. The attackers found them on the internet. In most cases in that type of situation, the attacker can interact with the device. You know, if it's a camera, they can view things, things like that. Academically, they could potentially make custom firmware that they could push down to actually change the behavior of the device and use it to attack other things. But for something like the Ring camera, that's, again, academic at this point. When you go to things like the routers that have been out there a lot longer, you know, your wireless router in your home, that's where some of these malware packages are actually out in the wild where it's a little easier for them to put something together they can push down and, and kind of, again, start maybe password guessing against internal computers on your network or things like that. But the ring camera attack or some of those things, today it's mostly just they have the ability to interact with the device as you would through your mobile application or whatever. So as a consumer, for example, I have on my home network one of those combination router modems that mm-hmm. for my cable internet. And even though I may want to update the firmware myself, I really mm-hmm. can't. It's something that has to be pushed out from my internet provider. Yep. So let's say that they aren't keeping it up to date, which a lot of times they don't. What can I do to better protect my network? Do I just need to buy a new router like every year or something like that? If you're running something that's like five years old or older, maybe there's uh, exploitable vulnerabilities in it. But other than that, usually the weakness is people have left a default password or used a weak password. A lot of the viruses that attack those are just password-guessing viruses. And once they password-guess, then they log in and then they start doing their evil stuff. So top thing on anything you own, whether it's your PC, whether it's cloud accounts, whether it's these routers or cameras, is setting strong passwords and setting different passwords on different things so that if one password's stolen, they can't use it to get into other things. But yeah, I don't think beyond that you need to worry about on something that's less than five years old. To, do I need to replace this because the firmware might be vulnerable? There's a new technology-focused nonprofit just getting off the ground here in Ohio that aims to connect, support, and inspire technology growth and innovation. Ohio ex-president and CEO Chris Berry. Membership is open to all uh, that are committed to growing Ohio's economy through tech and innovation. So that can be startups, that can be small businesses, that can be big corporations. It can be schools that are interested in getting their students involved. So like I said, we, we just launched this, um, and it's been really fascinating in the past week or so to see all the different people and all the types of backgrounds that have reached out looking to join and, and, and looking to get more information. So we've had everyone from Fortune 100 companies reach out to us all the way down to, and this is perhaps the most interesting, a school district in southeastern Ohio who's not near a metro center. Their superintendent saw what we were doing, reached out and said, hey, we're not near a major city. We don't really have the opportunity to take our students to places like the University of Akron, which has a ton of technology happening on campus. And they want to get involved in the statewide organization because they know that they have to educate their students on technology and the future of work. And what we're really trying to do is, one, unite. So unite those that are interested in technology, innovation, and then promote. Promote the ideas, the companies, and the people that are building our future. So when you say you're connecting people, 
what is it that you're going to do to connect them exactly? I mean, I can see that you're going to have an organization and people are saying they want to be involved. Then what will you do once they do get involved? How are you going to help them out? Yeah, great question. So what we say is events and network building, and we want to do that both online and in person. Ohio is a big state, about 11.5 million people. And so what we're doing is we're working to bring these people together and, and create platforms and channels and opportunities for them to come together to discuss what they're working on, to learn about new technologies and emerging technologies. And so that starts with our communications channel. So if people join, they automatically get signed up for our member emails. And we communicate, again, the thought leadership that they have in these respective fields. Because perhaps if you're a technologist, you might have an interesting solution for a manufacturing company. If you're in higher education and you're a professor and you really understand some of these emerging technologies and some of these things that are really shaping the future of work, how do you take your message and your expertise and share it with the largest platform and community possible? And then also events in person. Finally, a story about how yet another industry may be in line for disruption as artificial intelligence takes on a task normally filled by humans. In this case, it's sportscaster jobs that might be next. Jeff Colvin reports. IBM has created artificial intelligence software that can do play-by-play and color commentary of soccer. While doing play-by-play, the system tracks players in real time and can identify passes, crosses, and shots on goal. For pre-selected video highlights, it can also incorporate commentary based on statistics and standings drawn from a database matching the information to whatever's happening in the video. The system builds on work IBM has done in tennis and golf, but soccer is much more challenging because of all the players the system needs to track and all the things that can happen. When demonstrated recently, the system was technically impressive, but still primitive overall. It couldn't even come close to making the word goal last the better part of a minute. I'm Jeff Colvin. And that's it for now. See you next week. That was This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Driven by your Northern Ohio Honda dealers. Life is better with a Honda. Visit your local Northern Ohio Honda dealer today or online at northernohiohondadealers.com. Tune in next week for more tech news and listen online at wakr.net.